Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 841. Yesterday, Shaheen had formally invited me to stay and train at the school. In theory, I already had earned that right, but everyone knew that was more of a political fiction than anything. Her offer was a flattering one, an opportunity I knew I would likely never have again. We watched a boy herd a flock of goats down the side of a hill. Vashet, is it true that the Adam have no concept of fatherhood? Vashet nodded easily, then paused. Tell me you did not embarrass both of us by talking about this with everyone while I was gone, she said with a sigh. Only with Penthe, I said. She thought it was the funniest thing she had heard in ten months' time. It is fairly amusing at that, Vashet said, her mouth curving a little. It's true, then? I asked. Even you believe this? You've... Vashet held up a hand, and I trailed off. Peace, she said. Think whatever you wish about your manmothers. It is all the same to me. She gave a soft smile of remembrance. My poet king actually believed a woman was nothing more than the ground in which a man might plant a baby. Vashet made an amused huffing sound that wasn't quite a laugh. He was so sure he was right. Nothing could sway him. Years ago, I decided arguing... Hearing Sakarian is a long, weary waste of my time. She shrugged. Think what you want about making babies. Believe in demons. Pray to a goat. So long as it doesn't bruise me, why should I bother myself? I chewed it over for a moment. There's Matt, I said. She nodded. But either a man helps with a baby or he does not, I pointed out. There can be many opinions on a thing, but there is only one truth. Vashet smiled lazily. And if the pursuit of truth was my goal, that would concern me. She gave a long yawn, stretching like a happy cat. Instead, I will focus on the joy in my heart, the prosperity of the school, and understanding the Lathani. If I have time left after that, I will put it toward worrying on the truth. We watched the sunrise for a while longer in silence. It occurred to me Vashet was quite a different person when she wasn't struggling to cram the katan and all of Edemic into my head as quickly as possible. That said, Vashet added, if you persist in clinging to your barbarian beliefs about manmothers, you would do well to keep quiet about it. Amusement is the best you can hope for. Most will simply assume you an idiot for thinking such things. I nodded. After a long moment, I decided to finally ask the question I had been holding off for days. Magwin called me Maedra. What does it mean? It is your name, she said. Speak of it to no one. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Nick, and Jordana has left us. Much like the, the lawyer in Jurassic Park, she's, uh, she's run out of the Jeep, she's slammed the door, and she's locked herself in a bathroom. When you gotta go, you gotta go. True say. I, I want to talk about the bottom of this page first and foremost. If anyone is positioned to understand the import of being given a name, it's Quoth, don't you think? Sure. I think he understands that it's important, but he literally doesn't know what the word means. Skipping ahead a little bit, he doesn't... There's no inner monologue where he goes, they had named me, of course. They had summoned a, a, a new conception of who I was and I am the thing itself. Like there's, there's no need for the text I'm saying. There's no need for character quote and for the text to hammer it home to us, I think. I mean, he, they haven't capital N named him, obviously, but well, like, well hang, I mean, they, 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 why, why do you say that, Jeremy? Because if they had, then the book would tell us. Well, don't you think that that to be given a name, uh, a secret name that you should not speak of to others, don't you think that has some 
consistency with the, yes. the act of naming and having power over a thing. Yes, I do. And I think you, that it's... Haven't we talked about how the Atoms seem like they are a little bit more in touch with the rules of uh, the the world and the inner turnings of magic and that the Lathani and naming are very, very close to one another? The Lathani, of course, being the philosophy yes. by which they uh, govern yes. every tenet of their existence. So why then wouldn't the name that you get when you're inducted into this society be an aspect of capital and naming? Well, but here's the thing. I think they are doing the same thing that uh, superstitious peasants are doing where they dig a trench that's 10 by 2, fill it with Ash and Elm and Rowan too. They they are being the forms that have been passed down to them. And the forms that have been passed down to them are, are like more accurate than is perhaps reasonable to think. But I don't think that they literally understand what that what they're doing is naming because they do seem to think that like when quotes called the wind that was like a rare and remarkable thing and they don't say oh yeah we do that all the time so i don't think they do who's to but say I that the think... namers in the university are the ones practicing it quote-unquote correctly well they're the I... ones who are stumbling into it and it's the adem <laughs> who are doing it more correctly i think if that was the case then we would see proof positive that the adem can achieve magical effects through the use of naming well you don't think they can I we haven't seen it, so no, I don't. We haven't seen any wizards, but sure, you know, there's definitely some, you know, magical realism about the way that they live and and interact. Uh, no, I, I I genuinely don't think that there is. They're just like cool martial arts monks who only have babies when they decide that they're that they want to. They believe that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just a cultural chauvinist. <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, I, I speaking of cultural chauvinism, I like the explicit parallel drawn between uh, the the man mothers and the chauvinism of the poet king, where she's scoffing about how ridiculous it is that you know to believe basically the polar opposite that a woman has no part in the process and it's just the man planting the baby in her. Yeah, yeah, which is like that's a, that's like closer I think to what people in the Commonwealth believe. It kind of exposes the Adam's cultural prejudices as well, right? How ridiculous is that? He believes that it, the woman has nothing to do with it, that a man just like puts the baby in her. And we think it's equally ridiculous that the Adam believe that the man has nothing to do with it. And the woman just like kind of like, you know, wills it into existence. Yeah. So I guess the unspoken middle path is the one that the book is sort of <laughs> prodding us toward that maybe That's right. both, both parties are involved. Centrism <laughs> triumphs once again. Ugh. This this book is a centrist manifesto, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think that when he says uh, she thought it was the funniest thing she had heard in 10 months time, is this an oblique reference? Like what they call a span of days is like 11 days. So is 10 months time roughly analogous to a year? Uh, I'm quickly looking it up. They do have a different calendar and it has been explicitly laid out somewhere. It's it's in the um, it's in the appendices of the hardcover name of the wind. Huh. The, like, okay. Each, there are eight months in the in the calendar year. Uh, each month is made up of four span, and each span is eleven days. Okay, so it's more than a year. Yes. All right. So it would be like a year and a span, essentially. Yeah. Do they talk about things in terms of years ever in the book? Yeah. But I think like you just have have less call to 
like he you know he said a couple of pages ago like this that meant the sword was x number of years old that's like they do true. use it that's true. but in your day-to-day life you're more likely to think about like smaller increments of time because that's you know what's going to affect oh my tuition is due next month you know i have an important exam you know a span from now you're less likely to think about things in terms of years just because like you know years happen less frequently hmm. fair point I, like I feel like chill Vashit also. Yeah, she's like, she has discharged her responsibilities. She's like not in tutor mode. Thinking about it, I have also like noticed this like with, with teachers of mine. Like when they are in teacher mode, they can have a very different kind of personality uh, than when they are just like hanging out with you. <laughs> when they don't have a responsibility to like teach you something or, or anything like that. Indeed. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Without Jordana to keep us on point, I'll just sort of meander off we have a relevant letter all right from bill who writes on the discord hello again dear readers does kvoth actually learn anything in his time with the adam yes he learns some martial arts but despite having the point literally beaten into him that the katon is about control and not killing the first thing he does upon leaving ademra is slaughter some false ra yes they kidnapped a couple people but is that just a convenient excuse is it of the lethani to have killed them Maybe I need to ask that in a couple months when we get there. Thank you so much for the podcast. All that's good. Signed, Bill. Well, my first point of order is that they don't just kidnap some people. They are, um, they are committing sex trafficking. Yeah, they're they're like about as bad a person as you could imagine. Yeah, and they are besmirching not just like besmirching the name of the rub, but they are actively pretending to be Ra in order to kind of like justify that like oh this is what Ra do therefore it's okay and like this is what people expect of us they're engaging in problematic race play and like murder and sex trafficking like I I see what you're getting at Bill that like wouldn't it be in keeping with the theme of this book if Quoth despite having spent weeks and weeks with the Adam learning their ways he hasn't really ingested the core lessons they were trying to teach him and that may end up proving to be true, but I actually think that there could be no more right action than what Quoth does to those bandits. Yeah, I'm, I think they absolutely have it coming. I'm kind of in that camp too. I uh, personally, I'm like 100% yes, Quoth did the right thing here. Uh, no mercy for fascists, but I think that in a more broader, what we can think about as the lesson that Quoth has internalized is that like trying to put this in a way that doesn't sound too negative towards quote like this i think yeah i think you hit the nail on the head jeremy like this was right action without reserve this was the right action and it's also an expression of his power i think like after everything he's been through uh it's an expression of his power and his confidence and it's kind of it's like necessary like if we didn't have that sequence um I feel like it would something would be missing, right? Like we would want to have a bit of a capstone on here's how far he's come. Yeah, like and structurally, it's, it's kind of necessary at the end of a sequence when a character has been learning a bunch of skills. You want to see them. You want to have the satisfaction of like putting those skills into practice, almost in the same way that like in a video game, after you get like a cool item or a power up, the game usually gives you an opportunity to just go to town with it and show you how much fun it is. Now and it's also a bit of a bookend to Quoth's like journey from from being uh, helpless and unable to protect himself to being able to protect others. 
it's sort of like a a apotheosis i suppose of his uh, journey so far but of course yeah. the brutality in which he acts is maybe the like the dangling thread there that his journey is not yet complete yeah and i think if you were inclined to have a less optimistic read on what kind of person Quoth is and what his story will end up being i think you could view this as a signpost on his road to to villainy in the same way that you can view what Daenerys Targaryen does to the the slaver cities uh, as a signpost on the road to her villainy. But again, I'm sorry to say, like, those motherfuckers had it coming. Yeah, and that's why it works. And that's why we're cheering along with Quoth here, too. I'm going to speak, I've said this before on the podcast, but, like, it's necessary for us to see Daenerys making those decisions against mm-hmm. those people because we have to cheer along with her. And then we she also learns that this is how you handle your your enemies, mm-hmm. how you handle your problems. And by it's the preparing us for understanding. Yes, and it's preparing us for understanding correctly that the rest of Westeros, who is not bending the knee to her as the rightful queen, also has it coming. Yes, they are just as bad as the slaver society. Precisely. Okay, good. I'm glad we agree. And then whoever else Quoth brutalizes in book three will be exactly as bad as the false <laughs> troop. Otherwise, he wouldn't be brutalizing them. Pretty simple. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're veering dangerously into no mercy for you territory. uh well listener listener we will all have it coming on tomorrow's page of the the way